Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, all right, all right. I'm pretending this is my mallet. Order in the court today. Um, welcome back, everybody, to In Liberty and Health, episode number 276. Thank you so much, uh, JC and Forrest Wami, for dropping by nice and early. I don't know if they're still with us. Hopefully they are. Um, today, we're going to be talking probably about a little bit of red pill stuff, probably some car stuff, too, because we're already kind of firing off on that in the uh, you know, pre-show, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't want to keep you guys here too long. Make sure you hit all the links below to figure out what I got going on. A Common Crown just released our new single, Cry, which is a total ripper. There is a playthrough on this channel that i did um the day that it came out but yeah anyways tiger fitness for the world's best supplements lmnt for the world's best electrolytes and make sure you go to foxsonscoffee.com and use code kyle at checkout to get a little bit of a discount for the best coffee you're ever gonna freaking drink um yeah we're looking forward to this chat uh she did cognitive vigilance once and she also had done this show almost 100 episodes ago i want to say it was maybe 80 80 to 100 i was just looking earlier but uh anyways Let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> all right. Hi, Meredith. I like your intro. I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I think I need a new one. I think I need to shorten it up. Everybody uh, says, oh, minutes too long for an intro. But uh, I, I don't know. I like all the people that are in there. And uh, yeah. I like it. Um, I was going to say, I'm so glad to see that you use a mixed grip on your deadlift because I do too. And I would get <laughs> yeah, well, loud for it. You know what? They say that like you're more likely to tear your bicep doing like the underhand part. Um, for the longest time there, I was doing a trap bar deadlift because I fucked up my back. And um, that's just so much easier on your back because you get more yeah. of an upright chest. And then obviously the weight's like kind of more at your sides. It's well, yeah, it's do. way less posterior chain in that one. Well, it's sort of, but I mean, also you're getting a little bit more legs, but I mean, you get a lot more posterior posterior chain when you're like a traditional deadlift yeah. because obviously you have to kind of bend over a little bit more. So like my wife is getting back into the um, swing of things. And if people would have saw me like literally five seconds before we went on live, I blew my wife a kiss because she just came through the door. <laughs> But uh, so she's been doing the trap bar deadlift and uh, I, I I could be happier for her and more proud of her because she keeps sending me videos of her deadlift in like 245 pounds. I'm like, you fucking Great. go, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember I had carpal tunnel like really bad oh. back in the beginning or like late 19, late 2019, early 2020. Mm. And it was just killing me because deadlift is my favorite lift of all time. Yeah. And my trainer comes in one day and he gives me wrist wraps. And I was like, 
oh, like I'm, I'm like really big on not being assisted with lifting. Like I don't use a belt or anything, but I, I did use them. I was so fucked up about it because I could, you can't do any sort of mix with the wrist wraps. And it was like really uh, fucking yeah. me up. Mm, okay so i lived with the belt now i didn't for the longest time because i kept saying oh you know just use your core contract your core like a motherfucker and you'll be all right after that back injury and how bad it hurt and for yeah. how many times i kind of like went back and injured it again i'm like okay yeah, i'm using a belt like there's no way i'm not using a belt so anytime the weight um if i'm squatting or deadlifting goes over 300 pounds belt no matter what yeah every no disrespect time. no disrespect yeah. it's different for everybody i felt that when i had a belt on i would um I forget, my trainer had a term for it, but it was like, instead of uh, bracing by like holding in, I would almost like push out in my core area. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it was giving me like a, a thicker waist. And I was like, nah. Mm -hmm. So okay. I try to just stay unassisted for everything now. Yeah, I mean, coming from a line of hefty pole locks like I do, I already don't have a thin waist. Like even if I lost, you know, pretty much all the body fat that I have now. Well, you're not supposed to, you're a man. Well, yeah, well... <laughs> Guys want, you know, the V. Yeah, they want the V, and only that there are objective, you know, traction markers, which are, you know, good shoulder to waist ratio. So, you know, you want your shoulders to be a lot wider than your waist. So, if you have a slimmer waist, then obviously, you know, the objective attraction marker is that you look better because your shoulders are wider than your waist. But how much, uh, like, what's the, is there, the you know, like the hip, hip, rate, hip waist, I think it's seven to 10. I want to say it's 1.5 to one. So you want your shoulders to be about 50% wider than your waist. I might be wrong on those numbers, but it's been a while since I've like, um, yeah. So again, like my trainer is a bodybuilder. So when he does mm -hmm. the, um, the pose where you're in the front and you push your lats out. Oh, um, the lat spread. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, uh, does the lat like help with making the waist look smaller? Well, yeah. So it's, Obviously, your shoulders are going to be kind of like the main driver of what drives your shoulder to waist ratio. But they're like, if you have a wider back, then it's going to help kind of contribute to the look of yeah. the taper, which is, once again, generally what they want to see. So, like, my understanding of bodybuilding, and I should probably learn this stuff a lot more. I I've thought about competing so much, but like, my understanding is that when you get lean, lean, it fucking sucks. And I mean, I've been to yeah. the point where I had like visual abs, and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Like, you can't eat anywhere nearly as much. And you don't have that much body fat, so you're very, very, you know, starved for nutrition. So, like, um, it's not even just, yeah. I mean, like, when you're talking about visible abs, like, yeah. that's a normal walking around. When they're on the mm. stage, that level of leanness is nothing you've ever experienced before. Yeah. And it's actually really interesting. I think I might have told you this. I used to, like, fuck with my trainer a little bit and, like, mm. uh, be like, if I was tired, I'd be like, I'd uh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, Rob, um, Hey, so what are you doing with your water and your salt intake when you're like blah 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 in between weigh in and on stage? And he would just go off explaining, and I'd just be standing there like this, and like all of a sudden, five minutes have gone by. He's like, "You motherfucker, I was supposed to make you keep going." <laughs> but it, that stuff is very interesting. But I mean, uh, the the amount of, I mean, it's not because it's not just the the nutrition; it's the water, it's, right. and that's where you really get you know. Well, yeah, so I mean, like some of those guys take diuretics, which I think is pretty sketchy. Yeah. 
Um, now, like when I listen to Lane Norton talk about, it, and he says he's coached a bunch of people through bodybuilding shows, and like a lot of them actually won their contest preps. He said that you actually don't want to cut salt because he said that like a lot of his competitors, what would happen is that like the week after they would look way better than they did on stage, but because they were so like flat dehydrated when they right. tried to go on stage because they cut all water, they cut all salt. So like, what you want to fill in, and then like another thing that I think a lot of people might get messed up by, um, even people in the chat who might be listening when they're talking about health and fitness you never want to take out creatine right because creatine holds water intracellularly right now if you take like 10 grams of creatine and pound it back day after day then what can happen is that water will actually gather in your gut give you discomfort but if you're taking you know your standard like five gram dose per day you're going to be fine like you're not going to hold any water it's going to be intracellular so it's water yeah. within the muscle man i took creatine when i was really into powerlifting Mm -hmm. I swear it put 20 pounds on me in like a week and but it was amazing like the uh, the um, recovery the soreness everything was so much better and then I had to get weighed for something and I was like they said my weight out loud and I was like what <laughs> that can't be so I like I stopped but it actually it, I mean it works but if you're well, a woman yeah, yeah I mean it also depends my understanding is like on your cycle as well so like if you're yeah depending on when your period is you guys should gain a little bit of weight so like the um app that i use carbon diet coach um they actually will for women actually say in there like is it your period and because they do like weekly check-ins to measure like oh, how wow. your body's taken to calorie deficit or like a bulk or anything like that and then it, they'll ask if you're on your period and if you're on your period then i believe they'll they may like hold off another week or something like that to adjust your calories up or down um, sorry, I want to catch some of these chats. Uh, at my best, I could deadlift nearly 400. I don't consider that terribly impressive, but I've been inconsistent about lifting regularly over the past few years. Um, I think for that's guys, impressive. no, no, no. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, for guys, a good benchmark is like a 400 pound deadlift. Um, once you start going over that, then, you know, it's going to take a lot of time. So I think like most lifters in their first year for guys, at least, uh, I shouldn't even say first year, but maybe like the first five years where you're going to see serious gains. And then after that, it's going to start to taper off. Um, 400 pound deadlift, um, probably like a 285 bench and then probably 300 pound squat. And then once you get above, once you get around those numbers and then getting over those, it, it's going to take a lot of work and the gains are going to start to be, it's going to be very diminished returns from there for women. I, I don't fucking know. It's just so funny. <laughs> yeah. Because like, <laughs> To get to 135 on bench is like it's such and it's so weird because once you get over the 135 hump it becomes like your jumps become slightly easier but like that difference between like 105 and 135 like those yeah. increments seem like a lot for some reason um and then our squats are usually we, we go off in squats a lot easier um i'm one of the few whose deadlift is like way stronger than her squat because a lot of women like to focus on squats um right. i really hate squats i started out loving them but i really hate them now i don't know why i'm better in general with pulling any mm -hmm. sort of pull movement pushing movements nah. sure. but i think it's because like i grew up riding horses and developed a lot of strength in my upper back from that motion and things and uh i also think that deadlifts are better for your ass personally um, well, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be getting a lot more glutes because obviously when you pull your hips forward, you're going to be using your Yeah, especially with the lockout, like that is where yeah. you really get the ass. But um, I think actually probably the best thing for your ass is hip bridges. Uh, so there's those. But what I recently started RDLs. doing because... 
Why no, actually, RDLs. I don't. I never feel those in my glutes. I feel RDLs mainly in my hamstrings. Like my hamstrings burn like a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do RDLs? Yeah, you guys do either one-legged or B stance for a okay. RDL. Uh, Romanian or Bulgarian split squats, leaning yes. forward, oh, or what get my glutes? Yeah, I mean, I, I do not like Bulgarian split squats at all. But now I incorporate yeah. those to target my glutes. I used to do um hip thrusts right but it is kind of a pain in the ass to set up a bench you go to the smith machine you have to have the cover you put on a bunch yeah. of weight and then even when you're in the most stretched position which is actually the most um you know the most difficult part which can be the most stimulative that's what i was yep. looking for um when you're in the most stimulative part where your glutes should be stretched you don't really get a stretch because you know obviously you have your hips and your knees and everything else and you're in that but deficit Right. Well, when you're doing a Bulgarian split squat, I feel that I feel the stretch a lot more of my glutes yeah. when I do that, especially when I lean forward and then, you know, kind of drive my hips down. Um, so that's that's kind of why I've opted for those a little bit more. I mean, I was doing like 350 pounds with uh, or for like uh, 12 to 15 reps with uh, hip thrusts. But oh, my God, not... I thought you were going to say for Bulgarian split squat. No, God. Like, no, no, I, I got a regular four. My regular squat record is a 400 pound squat and I've done yeah. 355 <laughs> or th 365 for eight. I think, I think I might be mistaken. It, it might be 305 or 315 for uh, eight, but yeah. That's really good. I mean, I, I started training my legs seriously back in like 2020 because I used to never do. Oh, my God. No, my calves are huge. I'm good. And it's, it's funny. My mom was in the chat earlier. Um, if you look at her calves, she's a five, four Dago woman and uh her, her cat yeah yeah our people um, carry that weight down in the legs <laughs> yeah well like she's thin as hell right now but literally if she like showed you her calves um they, they look just like mine they're incredibly defined and big so that's crazy because calves are some of the hardest things for men to put mass on for some reason well it's genetics it, it really yeah. is your genetics and that was kind of like the learning lesson for me so like I got my mom's ass and her calves, but like the rest of it, I, my chest sucks. Everything else I had to work very, very hard to bring yeah. up, but like the calves and the ass, like no fucking problem. Like that's, we're good. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, a lot I of genetics. Chest for a lot of men, chest, but definitely calves. Like you always see the guys, like, I think the first time I ever saw, um, a guy like, uh, implant uh like a silicone implant oh, yeah, calf yeah. implant oh. and i was like why why would you do that because you like breast implants you can't grow these and you know beyond a certain like maybe a little bit from getting fat but you can't even guarantee that that's going to go there but like right. so i understand breast implants even though i think it's a bad idea for health reasons but whatever mm. calf implants like come on okay well you know what that's interesting i actually kind of want to know about this because um I've heard people talk about breast implants being potentially unhealthy. Um, are they like, what is the issue with them? Because I've never heard, like well, I said, I, I, yeah, good. It's, it's one of those things that I don't think there's consensus on in the medical sure. scientific community. Um, the first time I actually even really saw it, I love the real housewives. It's like one of my toxic feminine traits. <laughs> Um, oh. And there was this woman named Yolanda. She's the mom of Gigi and Bella Hadid, the models, who, if anyone is curious of who I'm talking about. And she said, like, she had chronic Lyme disease, which is another thing that's kind of bogus. Um, I hope I don't offend anybody with that. No consensus on whether that exists. Like, you know, two years into her treatment, she goes, I'm going to get my breast implants removed. Um, I've had them for 25 years. They burst. 
yeah, I think I should probably get them removed to see if that works. And she had free floating silicone in her chest cavity, up in her clavicle. And I think she started getting better after that, but she still insisted it was chronic Lyme, whatever. Shortly after that, um, Hugh Hefner's wife, Crystal, I think was her Mm -hmm. name. Um, She said she had, she got hers removed and she said she had breast implant illness. And it's been studied a little bit more um, throughout the years. And it's basically, you have like autoimmune type symptoms uh, or symptoms that are basically unexplained by anything else. Um, Mm -hmm. And silicone breast implants are the ones that uh, feel the most real, um, give the best look, but there's the hazard of having silicone in your body. Whereas a saline implant doesn't feel real, doesn't look very good, but if it bursts, it's just salt water in your body. Uh, okay. So basically you kind of almost have to pick your poison. Right. And then the other thing about uh, to get a breast implant to look really good, it's better to go under the muscle, Mm -hmm. but for people who like to work out for women who like to work out, it's really kind of hard to have it under the muscle. It really limits what you can do chest workouts for a while. And then when you do, you, you're always going to have that pressure there. And, um, but again, like when you, if you're a woman, most women in fitness who get breast implants are the competitors because they get so lean that their boobs go away. It's like you can't avoid it. Um, right. And you can see the ones who go above the muscle so that they can get better chest development. You can actually see the implant when they're dieted down like that. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, yeah, it's, it's probably going to look a little fucked up because when you're so lean, you can see the chest striations and like women yeah. who are super lean. It. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I can admire the fit physique. Yeah. I just think that like dice women don't look good. So like the first time I ever saw one in person was actually the, uh, the woman who owns the gym that I go to, um, Justine Albertson. And I remember, I'm, I'm guessing she was probably close to a competition. Cause I mean, she was diced and like my wife and I took a tour of the gym and, um, I remember looking at her, I'm like, whoa, she's huge. And I remember hearing people talk about it, say like, when you would see a bodybuilder in person, it is that much more impressive. And when I saw her, I'm like, oh, that's what people mean. Yeah, especially for women. I mean, to get, because there's different levels as there are in uh, the male categories as well. Um, So the bikini girls are the ones you're going to see who aren't necessarily putting on a ton of muscle. They're more about having like, I would say that they get down to probably like maybe 15% body fat. Um, yeah. Well, that's pretty, they, they, that's pretty lean for women. Yeah. Yes. Very, it's for a woman. Yes. But it's, it gives like a nice, healthy look, um, smaller muscles, but defined. Uh, I think it's then figure, which is, I think Aaron Stern, if you know who she is, would be figure um, as well as DLB Dana Limbaley. Um larger muscles and that's uh where the breast implants start to look really weird and then you get bodybuilding which i don't even know if there's many actual pure female bodybuilders anymore i haven't looked into it in a long time um but yeah uh the the fig figure girls are going to be the ones getting down to like 12 13 even maybe 10 if they're yeah aaron stern looks really really good um i will say dlb daniel and bailey she actually looks kind of jacked I think they compete in the same thing, if I f- remember correctly. But yeah, for a woman to get lean enough where those bits in the legs are striated and everything, that's crazy. And the separation, because women that's where women carry their fat. 
So yeah, to get that level of lean, especially down there, is takes a lot of work. You'll see the bikini girls don't have that level of separation in the quads. Damn, why there's so many dudes? That looks like her. She's got some veins showing. She must be pretty lean. Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess I'm not having any luck. I just wasn't fine. Or there were a whole bunch of dudes. You know, that one picture I put up was her. I, my dog got sick in the background. Even to have that vein on the arm, that's pretty lean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like uh, what, you know, guys or people always joke about that, like guys are lean when they start to get the vein and the biceps. So like right now, I, you could see it sometimes on me, but right now, you know, I just finished my dirty bulk like a month ago. You gotta get a pump. Ago. So yeah. No, no, no. If I get the pump that I get the fucking shoulder veins and everything. I saw it today. I will say, I don't think I ever experienced a pump until I started taking C4 before mm -hmm. workouts. <laughs> oh. I first got a pump, I was like, oh my God, I get it. This feels awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember um, back when I first started working out, I used to um, I used to take two pre-workouts and I'd be leaving work at like five and I would pound both of them on the way you to the You take them at night? I didn't know any better. I'm like, fuck, I want to be huge. Let's go. So um, I used to, uh, yeah, I would take them both on the way to the gym and just fucking go crazy. And I remember getting like so pumped up i couldn't like move my arm like when i yes! went like that it felt like my arm was gonna explode so the first time i remember doing it was because i was trying so my deadlift was very strong my grip mm -hmm. was weak because i have female hands and <laughs> i have a big palm but short fingers so i was like really mm -hmm. trying to get my grip to be better i was doing wrist curls and i remember getting a pumped up forearm and being like Ooh. what the this is crazy and, like you can't move it it, was, it felt weird oh. but i liked Ooh. it also yeah, JC Arnold was right. <laughs> yeah, uh, what did Arnold like say? I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming all the time. It's like I'm coming in the gym. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. It that is it's an interesting feeling, mm -hmm. especially when you're a chick because you're not supposed to like really feel that when you're a chick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So one thing that I know you wanted to talk about, um, <laughs> I. Our, our mutual friend Ryan Stone had retweeted this show, and, and I'm, I'm grateful because he's uh, he's one of those red pill guys that you hear everybody I talking about now. Yeah, and, and like if you talk to him and you listen to him, you would never think half the things that people say about the red pill, quote unquote, are true. Because Ryan's, I don't know. Listen, like I'm friends with Rolo now. I'm friends with Ryan. John Fitch follows me. Um, I'm friends with Glenn Lawrence, pretty much all the big red pill guys I'm friends with other than maybe like, if you want to put Myron in there, I, I, I don't know. Don't talk to uh, Myron and I don't like him either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, they're like the nicest dudes ever and they have gone out of their way to promote my stuff. Like I literally messaged Rolo and I'm like, Hey, I know this might be a big ask, but could you like play my song at the end of your stream? Nope. He was like, yeah, oh, dude, awesome. I'll fucking play it now. Oh, yeah. So, like, they have been incredibly kind to me. And, like, to see them getting pilloried, I I kind of understand it. But, like, you guys realize this is, like, a small internet niche. Like, Rolo is, once again, probably one of, like, the original figures um, from back in, like, the early 2000s, right? And he has 200,000 subscribers. 
<laughs> so yeah. you know where, where's this mass influence it's it's clearly not coming from him but you know i think going into the 2024 election people just really want to have a boogeyman and tate you know is now appealing or trying to appeal to the right wing but you know he still gets labeled as a red pill even though he's distanced himself from that so like now it's a convenient boogeyman to blame those red pill guys although people never name names or anything like that um, but yeah, so like, it, it's, it's just a convenient boogeyman for people, but you know, you've interacted with Ryan. He's, I don't want to say a big name in the space, but like, he's a notable person there. He's just a fucking regular dude. You, do you they, do he and Rolo work together? Yeah. <clears throat> so like they originally met at the uh, 21 convention back at, uh, There's I want to say it was 2018. Well, it was the 21 convention held by Anthony Johnson, which if you ever want to see a Spurg, then that's, it, it's a very, okay. very interesting ordeal. But, um, like some of the work that was like some of the people that spoke there and some of the, uh, content that they put out back there was actually really, really good stuff. And they have a lot of good people that went there. Um, but that's where I believe Ryan and Rolo kind of like originally linked up was at the 21 convention. And then they had a podcast together called the red man group. And then once Anthony Johnson lost his mind and kind of started going after Rolo and Ryan, then that's when they split apart. And then now they do rule zero. And then you'll still see Ryan and Rolo doing streams together all the time. But um, it, it's so funny that they say, Oh, red pole guys are so down on marriage. Okay. Well, Ryan's like entire channel and entire presence in the red pills about long-term relationships like literally I, the first time i heard of ryan was from a video of uh rich cooper if you know who he is entrepreneurs and cars. i've heard the name i don't yeah know. you've probably seen him on twitter um i'm like 50 50 on him i like some of his stuff and i sometimes don't but like um i remember seeing ryan and i hated him at first but uh, he originally came up as like the long-term relationship whisperer that's what he's known for is to just say like hey you know you got a wife and kids maybe you have a dead bedroom or like what can you do to get what behaviors can you exude or what can you do to like make your life a little bit better to get your wife to stop yelling with the kids start having sex again like what can you do to make your long-term relationship better and you know you always get pilloried as oh those red pole guys are looking to you know destroy the west promote degeneracy like if, if you just take some time and get to know some people you'll see that it's pretty much hey what can you do to improve your life right like when i um I, I might have seen a few clips of Ryan prior to actually interacting with him on Twitter. And now that mm -hmm. I've interacted with him on Twitter, I've like looked for some of his content before and I saw something recently and I, I don't want to like completely misquote what he said or even mischaracterize it. Cause even if you do, I you don't, don't care. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, it was a guy either on Reddit or to him directly asked, you know, um, haven't had sex with my wife in however, two years, let's say um, she's a huge bitch. I, I'm just going to start cheating. And he went into this whole thing about like how dumb that was. If I recall correctly, again, I'm sorry if I mischaracterized it, but it was like, it was very interesting. Ryan is one of the few that I feel uh, like, I feel like if you're talking about male self-improvement, Ryan is actually talking about that. Whereas sometimes I feel with Rolo, like it's, and I want to say it's shitting on women. Rolo, to me, there's like a hopelessness to some of the stuff he's, he mm -hmm. says. And I don't know if I'm, again, I don't, one thing that I remind myself a lot now um, when I like engage with some of this content is that it's not for me. So mm -hmm. if it's, if I'm getting like, ah, about the way it's coming across or something, I'm like, well, they're not communicating it to me. Like, it's not well, yeah, that's, that's me. What... it's not even for me. Yeah. The vice isn't for me whatever but like there's just like i don't again like 
I don't know why this in particular bothers me, but whenever Rolo brings up like the hot guy at the foam cannon parties, I just want to fucking scream. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, because to me, everything I see then comes across as like, oh, if you're not that guy, like this is all you can hope for. Like this is how women treat you. And, you know, it's not, your, she's not yours. It's just your turn. And all that kind of stuff just seems very like negative to me. Well, know. okay. So I, I kind of understand that. And it, Ryan would say, as he said in um, the show that Brandy Ren and Brand, Brandy Ren, Ryan and I all did together. Um, Ryan would always say, well, I'm not fucking men. So like, you know, when it comes to women asking about red pill stuff, it's just, well, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. kind of the, the go-to thing. But um so like with like i said with ryan stuff it's always like long-term relationship stuff and then like with rolla i think like a lot of what people tend to miss is that like some of the stuff that's coming out of red pill is supposed to be good mental models right so like not necessarily that like this is always universally true no matter what but like what is going to get put you in the mind space that's going to be most productive for you to live a better life right like if you were to consider these things so like if you consider it's not you know she's not yours it's just your turn then you realize like oh if something bad happens between you and a girl that you're seeing at that time then you realize okay well this is a more productive mental model to think that it's you know she's never mine it's just my turn but like also on top of that when you also interpret things this way then you also realize that like hey i still have to earn my keep and I think mm -hmm. that's very productive as well, because like no woman wants to be with a guy who just completely slacks off and then says, fuck it, I'm just going to eat Doritos on the couch and play World of Warcraft, which I do do a lot of, but I still kill it in other regards. But like, Adrian loves uh, Doritos too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't do Doritos, but I do play lots of World of Warcraft. But oh. besides the point, that's <laughs> uh, okay. He's um, not fat though for some reason. I don't, it's re really annoying. Yeah, well, some people are just lucky that way. Listen, yeah. if I just ate nothing but junk food all day, I would get fat as hell. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why my dirty world went wrong. But like, okay, so like when it comes to she's not yours, it's just your turn. It's a useful mental model. If you're seeing a girl right now and things don't work out, then you realize, okay, well, now I can move on. I don't have to be attached to this. But also at the same time, like I have to earn rents due every day, right? That's the rock saying, you know, the rents do well. Okay. Well, what do you do to maintain that attraction each day? And I think once again, that's why that saying isn't necessarily like it's wholeheartedly true, but it's a useful mental model. that will keep your head in the right place. That's somewhat interesting because that's never how I interpret it really. So again, mm -hmm. it's not for me. Yeah. I have to say that uh, up to bat. It actually is interesting though. Cause now that you mention it like that, I do find that, um, it seems as though men take heartbreak really, really hard. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know that it's harder than the women I know. Uh, they just, I think maybe we underestimate how hard you guys take it because I, I don't know. There's a million reasons why that could be. But um, so if you're talking about it like that, I guess it could make sense to be like, okay you know, move on, don't dwell on this. In that sense, I think that that makes sense if that's what he's sort of talking about. Well, that, that's, I, I think that's kind of goes under that mental model. So like, this also goes kind of the point of being zeroed out, which um, I think is very, very necessary for every guy. And this may get to a, a space where I think you and I may agree or disagree, but I, I think it's gonna be interesting for the conversation anyway. So like um, a, a lot of our friends in our sphere are very, very traditionally minded, right? Well, the problem with this is that you really set yourself up to be zeroed out and like i think 
coming back for being zeroed out is a good thing so like being zeroed out is basically like you lose everything yeah you're at a point where like things are fucking bad for you like this is kind of where i was back in 2000 2016 17 i would say probably like right after i graduated college i started working a new job things were going well and then i got a girlfriend and then like I was very. This very makes okay. I wanted to know your origin story, your red <laughs> origin story. This is a, a little yes. bit of it. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, like, back in 2016-17, and I don't know if I've ever. No, no, you and I probably told this. Um, I did a Sunday coffee episode about getting zeroed out, but like, this is kind of like a little bit of the background for me. So, like, um, I was dating this girl who, I don't want to say her name, but like, um, she was beautiful i mean absolute stunner and the sex was really really good so i mean that's that's part of the thing too but like yeah. um my best friend at the time had lied to her and said that i was cheating on her and she believed him wholesale so i mean and this wasn't like the first time that i had been zeroed out over a girl it the first time was probably when i was like 15 years old and that's like a story for another time but like so my best friend at the time who there were like a lot of indicators that i could have trying been. to fuck her Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. But um there were a lot of indicators prior to this that would have let me known had I just paid attention that he was not really a good friend and that probably would have suggested that he would have did something like this. So um she just made my life a, a living hell and I shouldn't necessarily say she because that kind of puts her in charge of it, but like I let this situation completely ruin my life for probably a good three or four months. And I remember we were on the phone. She'd be screaming, calling my mom a cunt and stuff like this because, I mean, my mom is, oh, yeah, it was bad. So um, oh, no. she was probably cheating. I don't know what all was going on. But, like, um, at that point, I was kind of zeroed out. And once again, I had a choice of, okay, well, I can either let this completely destroy my life and be miserable or I can choose to get back on the fucking pony and rock and roll and well what i do start a band and then you know started <laughs> spinning plates if you will <laughs> and once again details from there on are a little bit irrelevant but once again i made the conscious decision that like hey i need to improve and i don't know if i was necessarily listening to like red pill content at this time i probably was because i had been aware of it even before then i want to say probably around 2013 or 14 is probably where i first became aware of it but um Right after her, um, for probably about another year or two, I kind of ran around and then I met my wife in 2018, late 2018. And uh, that was when I was just doing a lot of Jordan Peterson's. I was a lot more traditionally minded. And uh, just over time, I kind of realized that like when I see people who are very traditionally minded, I think they build like this narcissistic fantasy, right? Where they're looking for their trad wife, right? So the problem is, is that they they're looking to find a girl who's going to meet their criteria. And when you first meet somebody, obviously you have a lot of feelings and you're not willing to be patient and learn and, you know, consider if you're going to be a good long-term partner for this person. So what do you do? You just love bomb them. They love bomb you. And then, you know, maybe you get a little bit more down the line. You figure out, Oh, like I actually don't enjoy spending time with this person. Like I don't <laughs> like this person anymore. Once, once the whole honeymoon phase God, is over. Me yeah. So many times. Yeah, but but you see what I'm saying? Like these traditionally minded guys, they're not willing to kind of get a little bit more experience. And I'm not once again, this does not mean you have to have sex with everything that walks, but right. go out and date non-exclusively, enjoy the company of other people, become a socially charming person and understand that, you know, there's there's no one woman out there for you. There's a whole bunch of people and there's gonna be some people you can get along with, and there's gonna be some people that you can't. Um 
when you have this traditional mindset, you're fixated on that, you eliminate the possibility of finding out, um, you know, if there's maybe someone out there better for you. Not to say that, like, you should, once again, fuck everything that walks, but, like, you're going to forego some things. You're going to forego some red flags, and then you may find out that those red flags may come back to bite you in the ass in terms of a divorce. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Uh, this is actually something that I did discuss with Ryan because I on Twitter because I felt like um, everybody was basically saying to people like get married as soon as possible. Like mm-hmm. if you wait longer than you know however much time, um, you know you're wasting your time and blah 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 blah. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe I'm like not the best poster child because I'm very risk averse in a lot of ways, so I might wait too long. But at the same time, I said to him, I thought that you can't commit to somebody until you've been in like a serious fight um, or something really bad oh, yeah. happened in one of your lives because that, that's a side that you can't see until that stuff actually happens. People are always like, you know, you oh, she married an abusive guy. Well, she should have known beforehand. Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe if she had actually vetted him properly, but there's this idea that you have to like jump into these really serious committed relationships and you never do that. And then surprise, surprise, you're getting divorced a few years later because those habits that you didn't see before have come up. And Mm -hmm. I think Ryan did agree with what I said uh, with that. And I thought that that was interesting because it seems like, I don't know about Rolo um, because I I have seen him. I don't know if he's being funny when he's talking about religion, Um, I really hate the religious shit. Like in general, I'm not religious, um, but I don't have like a hatred for it. But like, oh my God, it's so fucking annoying to just hear the way these fucking people bring their Christianity into everything. I'm like, well, guess what? I'm not, I'm not fucking Christian. So now what? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're kind of landing in my, uh, my, my territory here siege oh thank you so much siege i appreciate that brother thanks for coming on glenn uh glenn lawrence's stream kyle thank you so much yes i had uh he is a he's actually a biblical pastor um he he went (laughs) to college and everything oh no no no, hold hold on hold on he's a he's a very very he's a red pill guy i mean he actually does all like roll his video work um one one more time thank you siege yeah glenn is a great dude and he's another one of you know those red pill guys but i mean he literally went to college to become a biblical pastor and he's just like the nicest dude ever super super down to earth he was a bodybuilder at one point dude is jacked as all get out so i mean follow him on twitter i think it's under uh, mr glenn lawrence but he's very very yeah he's very biblically educated he's been going at the chase sovereign bra and pc oh god so like i I, look, that I don't fool. Have a, yeah, I don't have a problem with people being religious, but like when it's a, a skin suit for you to sell your dating program, which is literally what he does. He has a religious dating network and he told this huge story. I wish I had the tweet handy, but like he said, oh, well, you can meet your trad wife if you join my dating group. I'm like, dude, fuck <laughs> you. Right. And like, you know, once again, <laughs> you complain about these degenerates, but you're on the fresh and or not fresh and fit, but you're on whatever with a sex doll and then now you draw a line at the fleshlight like you can have well, a sex doll right there but not the flesh <laughs> it's like, such a grip i do get a little bit annoyed with the amount of uh, like focus on looks that some of the red pill people put on because i feel like men don't understand that there's a lot more to what we like than looks however 
with that chase guy, mm. he can get away with a lot of shit because he's very good looking. He's a very good looking guy. So anybody who buys into the nonsense of a really good looking guy, sh- bad idea. Like, it's like if I was taking dating advice from fucking Emily Rechkowski or whatever the fuck her name mm. is. And it's like, she's a fucking 10 out of 10. And uh, she's like, I don't know, just like walk in somewhere and you'll meet a guy. It's well, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's for the guys, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. guys saying, just be yourself. The natural who says, oh, just be yourself. Well, yeah. When right. when you look like fucking Alan Richson off of fucking, uh, off of Reacher, then yeah, just be yourself. Oh, my perfectly God. Fine. That might be one of the best looking men in the world. Yeah, no, listen, uh, Brandy made fun of me because I'm like, I love Reacher. And like, that's the first show I've seen in a long time that had like a good male model that wasn't like over the top. And you know how every single fucking TV show plays dudes right now. Either they're Homer Simpson or they're a borderline abuser. Reacher was like the first show that just had like a reasonable male archetype that, you know, did question morally questionable things. But it was still like a good show overall with a good story. And there wasn't like so much. Oh, you haven't seen Reacher? No, I know who the guy is, though, because I've seen him in other things. Every okay. time I've seen yeah. him, I've looked him up because I'm like, God, he's hot. Who is he? <laughs> yeah, no, the show is actually really, really good, too. And, yeah, he is diced as hell. Uh, looks Maxes are usually black pill guys. I uh, like wheat waffles. Yeah, Looks Max stuff is ridiculous because, like. What's that? What um, does he mean by that? Looks Maxers, basically guys that just believe it's all it looks. Oh, yes, yes, that's correct. Um, yeah. I actually saw uh, it was a few months ago that some incel account on twitter literally like his name incel was in the name oh incels dot dot io they've retweeted me a few times i'll never get over how weird that is okay so they posted some guy (laughs) some some asian guy who was Uh like who's like i walked up to a girl on campus last night in the middle of the night and asked for her number and she called security on me we can break down you know why he shouldn't have done that don't walk up to a random girl you don't know in the middle of the night on campus that's so weird anyway um but and they're like okay so you're ugly you need to get your lips fixed your nose fixed blah blah blah. and i was like what the fuck is wrong with his lips and these nose? he's just an asian guy like what the fuck and they're like well you date him then and i was like first of all i have a boyfriend second of all this kid's 19 third of all like just because i'm saying he's not terrible looking doesn't mean i have to date him but it was just weird i mean because like when these guys talk about how hideous they are and then you see them you're like there's no reason that your looks should preclude you. Like I know guys who look way worse than you who are booed up like easily. Mm. So I, I just hate that, that looks focus from men. Yeah, I understand well, why we you know some women might need to do that, but for men, it's like, come on, you guys have, there's so much more to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's also kind of the thing is that like for us, it's a lot more variable because like there are objective attraction cues, but like you still have so many other things that you can kind of pull on as well. And like to just not be the average guy, um, nuclear Cadillo and I kind of talked about this a little bit um, when he did my show like a week or two ago and like to not be an average dude is just so freaking easy. And especially like with how many guys are necessitous, if you're willing to just go above and beyond a little bit, like how I was saying in the beginning of the show, like to get to the 400 pound deadlift and all this stuff, that stuff is like, well beyond average and you could easily do that with like two years of consistent work now nobody wants to see no nobody wants to hear that like hey you have to consistently do something for two years yeah but like once again (laughs) um our our mutual friend heidi i think you follow briones um uh she had said something to me like oh well you know you're you're just like naturally blushed not like that and my autistic ass kind of like spurred out on her (laughs) i was like no no, it's like 10 years of hard work 
Yeah, if I was like, oh, it's 10 years hard work, she's like, oh, I'm kidding. Like, uh, you win this one. But, like, you know, nobody wants to hear that, like, to get to at least where I am physically, like, hey, I had to put in 10 years of work. Like, I've had people ask me if I was on right. steroids and shit, but, like, this is a long time of work. And It's like you know, people who you think have... you take the steroids and just sit there, you're going to get jacked. Yeah, no, like, no, no, it, it's a lot of hard work. Like, those people who are just jacked as they are, if you look like Alan Richson, it's not because you just did steroids. No, you <laughs> Right, you he worked, worked really off. hard and the steroids yeah. helped maybe facilitate get that. to yeah. a, a level that you know might have been difficult otherwise but that doesn't mean that he didn't work his ass off like he's still strong i'm sure yeah hey, hey. <laughs> look at that what's up heidi yes um, i do follow her i think yeah oh she's great um there's a funny green text story about a guy having to hide in an escape room with a few women one of them was so scared she held his hand and he lost his shit yeah i mean like if you're doing shit like that you kind of deserve to lose it and like the whole incel thing I don't know anybody who like identifies as an incel and look, if you do, you're a loser. If you are identifying as your inability to get laid, you are a loser and you should probably stay there. If you ever identify that you cannot get laid, then I, I don't know what to do with you. Like you deserve to lose. Yeah. I mean, uh, like that account is literally like that. Guy, and that guy, somebody, I remember him saying more than once, like, no, I'm actually a good looking incel or something. And I'm like, I mean, listen, I've gotten with, insult plenty of times <laughs> with the availability of the apps and shit. Like, this is what I think I said to him. I was like, are you asking out ugly girls? Are you asking out fat girls? Are you asking like, what is who are you getting turned down by? Because I don't believe there's not one girl out there who would fuck you. Like, I'm sorry. I've been a girl of a lot of different, you know, weights and looks throughout my life. I know what it's like to be you know, not the best. And I'm just saying that uh, there were times where I was begging for like anybody to ask me out in my head. And I'm like, you know, I don't know that I would have turned down a good looking guy just because he was a little weird back then. I don't know. But like, I, I can't believe that you've exhausted all options. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't think those guys do either. Uh, I, I think they're, they're too sedated. So like, this is the thing. And I'm sure you've probably seen people going back and forth on porn on Twitter. Like you're not yeah. going to get rid of it. Like there, even if you want to pass laws against it, it's, it is not going to happen. You have to accept that. Like now that we have this technology, there are plenty of men who are thirsty enough and there are plenty of women that are willing enough to, you know, show their tits and asses off all day, every day. And there's plenty more guys that are willing to pay for it all day, every day. Um, you're, you're just not going to get rid of it. We cannot put that genie back in the bottle. Um, you know, if you want to be on the moral high ground and say that you're not going to watch it and you're going to avoid all this stuff, good on you. But like, what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Just understand this is not going anywhere. We open Pandora's box. Sex work is, is old as fucking time. I mean, you could give apes 
currency and they'll figure out how to pay for sex with it so i mean like i i hate to say it, this is kind of innate to human nature now is it right or wrong that's up for you to decide i'm not here to give people morals but like this is going to be here regardless you got to learn to nap you, you just have to learn to live with it but the problem is for a lot of guys they sedate themselves with this right they're gonna sit yes. there and watch porn all day and they're gonna think that they're doing you know the right thing because hey you know i i'm, I'm satisfying my sexual desires this way rather than going out there and you know hey pick up that barbell bend the barbell <laughs> You know, go do some curls, go uh, learn a trade or something like that. You know, go do something that makes you a more attractive person rather than sitting here watching porn or playing video games or something like that. Quit sedating yourself, quit smoking weed, quit drinking too much and go do something. Yeah, and I imagine that all of those activities you just mentioned require social interaction with other guys who could probably either you pick up some cues from them or they can actually give you advice and help you. Um I, I do remember, like, I thought that um, Gavin McInnes, I used to think that his po point about stopping porn um, was really useful because he was tailoring that idea to stop porn to the guys who use it in, in lieu of seeking out, like, a relationship or, like, having sex with their yeah. wives or whatever. Um, but, like, I almost think if you're, if you never watch porn or something, you're almost weirder. Because it's like, come on, you've never just like, I don't know. I think like then I'm like, oh, you have a hang up somewhere probably. Well, listen, every single dude probably has a story when they're in elementary school, them and a bunch of, and, and look, I'm not saying that this is right. I'm just saying it, this is probably the I way have it that goes. story and I'm a girl. So. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, a, a whole bunch of kids are sitting around like, dude, I like boobs. Yeah, me too. So what do they do? They go onto the internet, type in boobs, and then they start scrolling through stuff. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's going to be there regardless we have to live with it and it's funny that that chase dude uh, and i i i don't want to say i hate him but i kind of hate him um <laughs> it, it's just so funny that you know once again you would complain about degenerate podcasts and then you know your thing is oh i didn't have sex but oh i fell for temptation and they're selling pocket pussies on here i i just can't stand people who want to use their religion to beat everybody else over the head um you know like buck um johnson who i'm not sure if you know he hosts counterflow um yeah tommy sammons these guys kind of get it tommy. right yeah all oh, tommy's one of the greatest people on the face of the planet Absolutely and his pimples look like bugsy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're adorable. They remind me of uh, my uh, father-in-law's dog, Daisy. Um, but uh, they, um, I completely forgot where I was going. With oh, that. I'm so sorry. Oh, but basically like where, no, no, you're okay. They get the religion part right. We're basically like they, um, they don't use their religion to beat people over the head. Yes, Mike, I like Iron Disciples a lot. So if, um, Siege, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Mike's actually the dude who literally implements a lot of like red pill practices, and he's literally a virgin at almost 30 years old. And like, I don't see this as a dig, like, bravo on you, dude, to like withhold yourself from temptation for that long because you want to find the right woman. Um, I well, it's funny, I just it. think about like when I grew up, the amount the amount of pressure there was to lose your virginity by like the age of like 14, Ooh. and like. I used to lie about it because I was a virgin until yeah. like 19 or 20. And yeah. I used to tell, just tell people I had, because I didn't, I wanted to be like everybody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, one of my older brother's friends who doesn't go here, like, you know, because back in my day, you were a fucking weirdo if you weren't like hypersexual. And I do kind of like that, that, that culture seems to be going away a little bit because I think that, um, I think that, 
the uh, hyper promiscuity sort of trend is turning over because it, it's funny now when you guys talk about like um, the girls in their thirties who like turn around and find Jesus. I'm like, it's kind of funny um, because it's so obvious, but at the same time, I'm like, I feel bad for them because I remember what it was growing, what it was like growing up like that. And there was this idea pushed down your throat that, um, you know, casual sex and just go out and do your thing and all that kind of stuff. Women can have casual sex just like men can, and there's nothing different and it's a good thing. And, uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'm not, I'm not rendering an opinion on any of that more just to say that I think that, uh, taking that pressure out of the culture is a good thing. I just I kind of get annoyed when those girls get shamed though, because I'm like, it's what everybody was doing. And I know that's not really an excuse, but it's also kind of like, I mean, it's basically like looking back at, you know, the 1600s and being like, they're racist. And it's like, right. It's essentially like a Monday morning quarterback kind of deal. And right. this is kind of why, like I consider myself pro-life as it gets right. Like the only exceptions I would say are rape, incest, or life of the mother. Right. So, I mean, maybe that makes me a little bit less pro-life than other people, but I'm okay with that. I don't like those exceptions, but to me, they make sense. So like, I don't want to hold women accountable for first degree murder because I believe they've legitimately been lied to their entire lives because they they've been told that like, hey, this body, um, th this fetus inside your body, like this isn't a life. Um, they're under the impression that, hey, right. this is your bodily autonomy. So therefore, it's okay for you to get rid of this if you want. Um, now, my thoughts on this always is that like, you are responsible for the consequence of your actions. We all understand that when you have sex, there's potential for a kid. Um, anytime you have sex with anybody, you are consenting to potentially having a kid, no matter what. Even if you don't want it, that's still, I mean, we all know what that is for. There's not a single adult that consents to sex that does not know that that's a potential outcome. So, you know, just be very, very careful. And like, there's so many forms of contraceptive and protection and stuff like that. For you to get pregnant in 2024, it's pretty fucking difficult. <laughs> And my wife and I have been together for five years and no kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, promising I mean, you. Yeah. There is like a period in your life where you're very fertile and you don't, you know, things can happen. But yes, I mean, look at all the women out there who are like measuring their temperature and like timing sex and stuff to get pregnant. It's not as easy as they made you think back in the day. Right. But like, but yeah, so I mean, like any sort of crime has, and again, I'm not, this is not strictly. The legal analysis you provide to this but i'm going to get a little sort of thing sure. any any sort of crime requires an act and the mental state now mm -hmm. with an abortion if my mental state is that i'm not killing somebody and that this is you know just like a clump of cells or whatever they say mm -hmm. and i'm just like nipping in the bud something that could have grown into a baby but it hasn't yet i don't think that i had the mental the mens rea to kill somebody now right yeah the mens rea thing is actually more like did i have the guilty mind the to do the act regardless yeah. of what the outcome was but i'm saying in in that sense you do have to think about it like that like to me it, let's say i got an abortion and i was thinking um you know it doesn't become a life until it's literally coming out of me i mm -hmm. i didn't think i was doing anything wrong then so it's mm -hmm. kind of weird to prosecute me for first degree murder at that point you know what i'm saying yeah it's um Oh, thank you so much, Siege. Thank you for stopping by and thank you for the super chat. I'm glad you hung out. I don't out know who you are, bit. but you seem cool. <laughs> he gave a, a super chat. He's a uh, he's a friend of Glenn Lawrence's. But um, yeah, like the whole abortion thing, um, 
it's it's like I said, I, I don't believe this goes back to the promiscuity point. That's where I want to go. Um, but like, you know, when we have this idea that like casual sex is fine for everybody, no matter what. And like, even for some guys, it's probably not okay for them. But like, when you're grow when you grow up around this, then there is a certain cultural phenomena where you kind of understand it, like, Hey, everybody's doing this. So therefore it's probably okay. But my problem is, is like when girls want to come around and start, you know, stomping on the necks of other women for yes. doing the same thing. And like, should they be doing it? No, but you, we cannot hold other people accountable. And, you know, it's going to be on women to hold other women accountable if they can even do that, which I don't what think they can. What the fuck is, and this is, see, okay, this is going to be a, a short tangent. Short, good. <laughs> um, you guys, and by you, I mean like you, Rolo, Ryan, let's say, mm -hmm. would say like we're not responsible for the retard's interpretation of the red pill. And to some, to some degree, I do agree with you. But it's mm -hmm. interesting when you see a certain like you see the um, prevalence of certain phrases getting repeated all the time, such as like women initiate seventy percent of the horses, and if it's not, you know, if it's college educated, it's ninety five percent or whatever the fuck they say. Um, one of the things I continue to see people say, um, is, oh, we got to hold women accountable. It's called accountability. Accountability is like, you know, whatever to women. What the fuck do you mean by holding women accountable? Accountable basically means that women would, be, would have to reconcile the consequence of their actions, which generally today, oh, thank you so much, JC. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that I'm coming on five till midnight. I'm a regular, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the show. <laughs> But um, sorry. So like basically holding women accountable would basically mean what people want to see is women basically recognizing the consequences of their action and realizing that like what they did was wrong, but women never do. Right. And they're never going to have to, because once again, guys are going to be there to absolve them of all the responsibility. And anytime that like, the but whole if body I just count, say, like, okay, I did something wrong. Now what? Well, like basically women don't want to be judged for their bad actions right so like when it comes to the body count conversation i really don't care about this as much as people might think but like um when a guy says like hey i don't want a woman who's been ran through um a woman's going to get mad because a guy says that so like her taking accountability for that would be like recognizing it, like hey i am no longer available to the guys that i may want because they may want a woman who hasn't been ran through as much it's basically women once again recognizing that their actions have consequences and that like hey once again if you slept around a lot or something like that then you may not want you know a guy that you may want maybe now no longer a potential you know match for you okay that's fine i see no problem with that <laughs> sure but like, like women generally don't want to recognize about, that yeah oh yeah no when i see a guy being like i want a woman who's a you know 120 pounds or less i'm like okay you would never want me like mm. i that doesn't piss me off i'm not mm. trying to convince you not i don't is that what you guys are seeing basically is what i'm saying is people like no. trying to convince you that it's not a good idea to like I, I, I think we're, yeah, no, no, I, I don't think I'm following you necessarily, but like what a lot of guys want to see and what the, what part of guys like Rolo and Ryan would tell you and myself included would be that like, you have to understand that like this reckoning for women where women realize that like their actions do have consequences and they have to live in the same reality that guys do. Whereas like, okay, so if you're a guy, there's no abundance of pussy for you. 
right? I mean, guys get rejected all the time. And the reason why guys watch porn so much is because, you know, our innate desires to have constant sexual access, right? For women, they can get penis anytime they want. Like literally all they have to do is just call, you know, whoever up in their contacts, they could just, you know, flick up on their contacts and drop on a guy and they could instantly have sex with them. But like, that's not what women want. Women aren't looking for constant sex, right? That's what guys are looking for. Um, men have to face an objective reality because like we have a burden of performance, which women have something similar, but like for us, it's constantly reinforced where like if we're not living up in our job then okay well if we're not making enough money then we're you know we don't get positive reinforcement from women anymore um if we don't maintain our fitness then we don't get reinforced from women and once again this this is exclusive to men but this is kind of an overall dynamic broke losers do you see out there who are just like pulling down like there's a lot there are some guys who manage to pull that off like some okay but i mean this is like the there's exception. a lot of poor yeah. poor guys have a lot of more babies and rich guys and you know baby mamas like i i i understand what you're saying but like okay so maybe you're not entitled to the woman you want it doesn't mean you can't get anyone. nobody's entitled to anything though and, and that's that's well, the sure, thing that that's that's what a lot of guys need to realize too is that like you are not entitled to that and this is another one of the co concepts that Ryan talks about that I absolutely love, and I think this is so applicable to so many different places in your life, is covert contracts. So, like, the covert contract is basically the idea that, like, you do something for people or something like that to um, get something in return from somebody. Oh, my God, Alan, a key that opens many locks is a good key. A lock that opens for any key is a bad lock. That's a, a friend of mine from high this school. Is, this is a psychopath girl on Twitter, uh, YouTube. She literally, like, that's how she... Um, <laughs> That's how she like markets herself. It's like I'm a diagnosed psychopath. Uh, mm -hmm. She had a fucking she had like a analogy with a pencil sharpener, and mm -hmm. I forget what it was, but it was actually kind of funny. But yeah, yeah, I get it. That's a great analogy. <laughs> it, it is kind of funny, but like, uh, so covert contracts. That's what I what I want to do. I kind of get to like what a lot of guys will do, and I'm sure you've seen this. I'm sure you've experienced it, where guys will do like nice things for women. Or oh, and what they expect. They, Exactly. Right. That's a covert contract because like, let's say, um, you know, when I first met my wife, her and I got to eat, I expect that she's going to reciprocate love and affection because I did something nice for her. That is a covert contract because mm -hmm. I had this con oh, sorry, had this contract made up in my head that, you know, I never explicitly made clear to her and that she doesn't know, but I expect her to agree to it. So like, this is a very, very bad mental model because it leads you down a path that's not realistic. So like really what your perspective should be that like you want to do nice things for people because you care about them and because you think it's the right, right thing to do. And you have the abundance in your personal life to do these things. It shouldn't be because, you know, oh, I did this thing. Now I should get X, right? That's right. a bad mental model. Well, I mean, the regular, it's like the first thing you learn in law school is how to form a contract is offer acceptance mm -hmm. you know that there has to be the acceptance if you don't if you assume that like yeah if you assume that because you paid for dinner i have to put out did i ever say that that was going to happen exactly right right yeah. it's a very very yeah it's a that's a covert contract and it's a very very bad mental model because once again how many times have you gone out with a guy for a date and then you know, he kind of had that expectation. And yeah, that's I why for too. a long time, I wouldn't yeah. let guys pay because I was like, mm -hmm. no, fuck this. Either, either we're splitting or like, if we go to a secondary location, I'm paying for that one because I don't want, I was sick of hearing my guy friends talk about 
shit like that, being like, I spend, you know, whatever on this, whatever. And she like, was like, okay, bye. And I'm like, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that girl. So for a long time, I was like, hey, can I pay? <laughs> Do you want to split? Like, because I didn't want, I don't ever want somebody to be able to say that about me. Well, I think paying, that, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Rolo here that like paying on the first date, I think is a good idea because it establishes frame, right? You establish that like, hey, this is something that I'm setting up and I'm taking us through this experience and I'm, you know, kind of, th this is my world, you're entering it and I want you to be a part of this. I want you to want to be a part of this. Sure, as long as you've done that for a reason other than getting your dick wet. Yeah, right, right. And well, once yeah. again, this is eliminating covert contracts, which is something that a lot of guys need to do very very bad mental model that will set you up for failure every single time yeah i definitely agree with that because there is i mean the amount of times like i again because i would when i could tell it wasn't like vibing i would offer to pay or mm -hmm. you know even if it was vibing i still for a while was offering to pay a lot and you would even when but on occasions where i didn't or they'd be like no 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 and then like they didn't get anything you'd get those weird text messages like I took you and I paid for this. And I'm Aww. like, did you forget the part where I offered like, or like, I, do you think that you can buy me for a, you know, a double vodka and soda? Like, I'm not trying to like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. That's not how that works. And yeah, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's creepy, but like, I get why guys do it because we're deductive problem solvers, right? Yeah. We see this and every guy's going to have a strategy of how he can get laid, how he can pick up a woman, whatever. Um, if, if you're, um, it, you know, if you think, Hey, taking a woman out for drinks entitles you to that, then like, once again, you know, how, how many girls out there are getting text messages from guys all day, every day saying, Hey, do you want to go for a drink later? Like you should have something else to offer, or you need to incentivize that behavior, or you need to be the kind of person that, you know, that person wants. That's really all there is to it. You can't expect to pay your way into bed unless you. And there's like a kind of a dirty little secret that no girls would really tell you is that uh, if you kind of, if it's vibing and you turn her down or like, don't expect sex then she's going to be like, oh, wait, what? Now I want to, like, now I want the sex because he didn't want it or whatever. Well, it's the impression of abundance, right? So, like, if yeah. you don't need it, and, and once again, this goes back to the idea of, like, mental point of origin, where, like, you should want to do things for yourself and for other people because you think it's the right thing to do, not because you expect people are going to reciprocate in any kind of way. Because the, the idea is basically that you have the abundance and that you can create the environment in your life that you can give to other people out of the goodwill of your heart, not because, once again, you expect reciprocity. Right. And I think this is another thing that men don't realize because they'll say like, well, I was, I was a nice guy and I didn't get later. <laughs> Women, I think on an evolutionary basis have developed like a way to sniff out desperation. It is like, it comes out of your fucking pores when you guys are desperate and it is, it's not only a turnoff, it's like, um, it's a safety thing. Like I, I've read things that say, um, basically that, uh, women were biologically designed to, um, assess the sex of somebody like approach them who like, you know, they don't know the sex or whatever you're doing. We're able to pick up on that a lot easier than men are. Like, for example, when you guys see a, a trans woman with big tits, you're like, Oh, she looks hot, big tits. Huh? Maybe that's a dude. The first thing we see is dude. That's a dude. 
mm -hmm. it's because it's an evolutionary trait because we needed to assess the threat. And I think yeah. this is a hypothesis that desperation comes off threatening. And that's another evolutionary thing that we sense because, you know, I could say, you know, desperate men might be more likely to rape. I don't know that that's true. I think there's other things that go into that. But I'm saying desperation to a woman is like the well, biggest boner killer. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think I've tweeted this out. And I know I put it on Facebook before, but I said uh, desperation isn't a good look on anybody. So like it's scary. Right. Well, because that means that you have no other options. And, you know, when was the last time that you wanted a car that nobody else wanted? So, like, if you're the guy that nobody else wants and you're signaling that, imagine how unattractive yeah. that is to anybody. Like, you know, if if my band was playing for absolutely nobody and nobody cared about our music, which I'm, I'm told that people don't and that my music has got awful. If people love to throw right. that one at me, whatever. They probably never listen to it, but I think they just think it's going to bother me. I don't care. <laughs> but, um, you know, nobody wants to be with somebody. Nobody wants to be with a loser, right? I mean, that's all there is to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a hard concept to grasp. And I've got another new flash for you. You're not nice if you're a nice guy who's like, you're not nice. If you're clearly doing something with the expectation of a quid pro quo. You're not fucking nice. You're, uh, you know, the, the fish that Jordan Peterson talks about. The fish that like can disguise itself as a woman and then swim. Oh, cut, cuttlefish. Yeah, you're one of those. Yeah. Like we can, I, I can tell when <laughs> a guy's being gen Yeah, sneaky yeah. fucker. That's it. I can tell when a guy's being genuinely nice versus he's being nice because mm -hmm. he thinks he's gonna get something. Because you know why? Because the minute you don't get it, you turn into the meanest motherfucker. You're not a nice guy. Should we get that out there? <laughs> this nice guy thing has to stop. Mm -hmm. Shoe on head actually had a very good video about this yeah. some years ago. All right, we should get to this chat. Oh, the Drew Locke party. Oh, okay. All right, it's that. <laughs> I really like Jake. Mm -hmm. I really fucking hate him for doing this to me. I don't feel good about Drew Locke, Jake. Thank you. Hey, look who it is. Lorenzo, good to see you, brother. Listen, oh, what's good guy, gal? Who's Lorenzo? Titus Polo. Oh, I love Lorenzo. Yeah, Lorenzo's great. Uh, I I do not like Rush that much though. He's I know he loves Rush. I'm just not a fan of Rush. I'm not a big uh, uh, metal person. I don't think. Well, they're not even metal. They're like they prog metal? rock. Yeah. They, oh, yeah, okay. See, there you go. I, I'm a heavy metal kid, so like that's. that's I my know. I, some of it's cool. I just like. Uh, I need a little bit of like melodicism. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> I could fix both. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my wife's favorite artist is Kelly Clarkson, and we're gonna go see uh, her out in Atlantic Got some City. Pipes. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the joke was I I took my wife to meet Kelly Clarkson in New York, and we said she's part of my harem. Um, so we're gonna go see the other part of my harem out in um, uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, in uh, May. And uh, where the fuck was I going with that? Oh, she did. She sang. Oh, what the fuck is that song? She did a duo with a guy. Oh, my. It's like a real bluesy song. Um, oh, lose I love control. When she does, yeah, lose I like when she does yeah. a bluesy like she has a that kind of voice. Yeah, she's fucking she's an incredible singer. So, yeah, um, she got pipes. I, I, lose control. Teddy swims. Teddy swims. 
uh it was teddy swims and kelly clarkson and i listened to that i'm like wow that is fucking incredible and originally it, my singer actually posted it and uh, my wife saw that my singer posted it. she's like oh yeah jen posted that originally so um once once i had listened to it I, I was coming home from the gym sunday and uh i i turned it on the vibe i'm like this is like the most wonderful thing ever it's so good like i am jealous i i can kind of sing i can't sing that well it, it if, if you heard me sing underneath Jen, I sound pretty good, but that's only because she's leading the way. <laughs> I can, I, I probably can't sing that well by myself. So take that with a grain. I can't so, feel uh, it's like one of my biggest, like, uh, uh, I can't even say regret because it's not, I can't control it. I can't fucking yeah. sing. And I want you, I think like a good singer, man, that just like hit, I get, I'm like one of those people who like gets goosebumps and shit from it. And like, it's, it makes me so sad that I can't sing. I can kind of like imitate people. Um, but like if I was going to stand there and sing on my own, it's not, it's very bad. Yeah. I, uh, I'll always have immense admiration for, um, my singer Jen, because not only is she hilarious, she's one of my favorite people ever. But, um, I remember when she was recording our first four song EP and our engineer was trying to like pitch correct her. And I remember he stopped and he turned to her and said, look, I can sit here and fuck with this for hours, but you're so dead on that I just can't do anything about this. Like, this is perfect. And it was all her, like, and hearing her stuff, like, once we're all done with it, she's such a fucking awesome singer and she's such a hilarious, just fucking. Is she been person. like, because I know some people literally, like, just have it and then some people can get it if they train a certain, like, amount. Mm -hmm. But, like, you can kind of tell when it's like somebody who's been very well trained, but, like, mm -hmm. doesn't have a great voice versus somebody who just, like, naturally has a great voice. Do you know, like, which one she is? I think she's she's genetically blessed. I'm, I'm gonna oh my god, Bugs you. just yeah. farted. Oh, oh, that is vicious. He's laying behind her, under my legs right now. Just, oh, my oh my god, that is horrible. I really want to see if I could find. Anyways, like there was a video of her on YouTube. I really wish I could find it. She did an acapella album, and there was also a video of her doing like some country song back in the 90s, and she just sounded so fucking incredible. Your singer or Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, my singer. Oh, good. Yeah, she's she's just insanely talented. And they also do a uh, band called Strung Over, where uh, my bass player, her husband, plays like a stand-up bass. And they have another dude that like sings and plays with them too. They do all sorts of like country songs and stuff like that. It's interesting how those like American Idol people, like they or even just like pop singers in general, like they come in and they're like, "Oh, you're supposed to be this thing," but then like they're really like so much better when they have when they like get out of that. Like, um, like Christina Aguilera was supposed to be oh, like yeah. Britney, but. She actually had a fucking amazing voice. And when she got out of that, like it's her best music, but it's probably not as popular. Yeah. It's like, if I'm going to bump personally, like right now, if I'm going to bump a Christina Aguilera song, it's going to be like fucking genie in a bottle or some shit. But like the ones where she like really fucking woo, like it's amazing. But yeah, it's just interesting how that, because Kelly Clarkson was supposed to be like one of those like mm. pop, but she's got like real pop. Like I didn't even really think I realized that until I heard some of her more recent music. Um, she has this song called "Whole Lot of Woman" or something about that. That's yeah, relatively new, and I'm like, oh, I can't tell you if she could sing like that. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, it, it's it's definitely like forget like the lyrical themes of it, but uh, like the, the song itself, I've heard that song plenty of times because obviously my wife plays it. Yeah, um, it's uh, it is really good. 
it, it's I, I I like the beat and everything. And yeah, her she has such a fucking great voice. It's funny. I'm sitting here talking about how much I love Kelly Clarkson and my uh, my um, singer and my wife. This whole podcast, but you know those red pill guys hate women. I'm I'm, I'm such a bad misogynist, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta say though, like I mean, listen to bring it back to all of that. Mm-hmm. There is a strong undercurrent in a lot of it. I'm not gonna say all of it, obviously. And a lot of it of like annoyed heterosexuals, by which I mean guys who are physically and sexually attracted to women, but fucking are mad about it. And they're like, I wish I wasn't because they're terrible. And it's like, I don't, I I don't understand the point of that. Of the rage? Well, yeah, there's a, because it's like, you're, unless you want to be a political gay, like there were political lesbians back in the day, like, you know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you, thought What's you were the point? There. Yeah. No, um, no, just... th- there's a concept called red pill rage, which is basically once guys start to kind of learn more about red pill praxeology, then they tend to get disillusioned. They start to get angry. And I get it because like, basically it's this idea, like the Disney fairy tale of your one true soulmate, you find out it isn't true. And then, you know, you kind of built your life around this ideal. And then, you know, you basically have your ego invested in this. Well, when you find out that it's not true, then what would you have to do other than get angry so people get angry because hey look i've been lied to my entire life essentially is what people get pissed off about so um there is that but like you know the idea that you're gonna hate half the other planet and like we kind of have to live together we kind of have to you know share this whole ball that we inhabit together there's no utility in that so you know you might as well make the best of it and then be friendly with people too that's what I'm saying. Like, I, again, I know all the like real hardcore red pill guy, very, the most educated, I guess, red pill guys would say like these guys don't represent us. I don't care. They're people with large platforms. So to some degree they do. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just what it is. Um, like I have to deal with fucking Austin Peterson saying he represents libertarians when he's retarded. Um, <laughs> yeah. But- well, okay. Well, th- this, this brings up a good point though. Like, eh- you can't help that retards are going to be retards. And no matter what, so like, there's some people. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that just was, it was Sneeko and Myron. And again, yeah. disclaimers. <laughs> I made retards. I made them. Yes. We understand. Retards. I think it was when Destiny was on there and they were talking about how you shouldn't live with a woman or something. And uh, Destiny's like, so you just want to live with a bunch of guys? And he's like, yeah. Sneeko was like, yeah, what am I going to want? Like, the, I'm going to go see my boo bear and she's going to put her legs on my legs. Ugh. And it's like, oh, like, do you, you don't like to hang out with women. Like, you don't like, even the ones you like, you don't actually like. Like, you like that she's there for the sex and whatever, you know, chores you wanted her to do. You don't actually, so it's like, at that point, I'm like, what's the fucking point of you? Like, Mm -hmm. uh oh, did you freeze? Oh, yeah. What's the point of that? Like, I I don't understand. So, again, if you're one of those people, go MGTOW or go political gay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the MGTOW thing, I I was kind of interested in it back um, when when I was a little bit more disillusioned at one point Um, in, in like going through the red pill journey, quote unquote, kind of kept me out of doing things like that. Like I enjoy being around other people now and I enjoy interacting with women. I enjoy interacting with people in general. I mean, I've always been a gregarious person. So, I mean, that's just me. Um, 
Brandy sent me over a clip of uh, Myron saying that like, oh, you know, I, there's other ways to get satisfaction other than women. And like, she was like, oh, look, he's gay for this. I'm like, no, actually, I think that's actually a pretty good take to say that. Like, no, that, that should, is actually a fine yeah. take. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like, you should be able to find satisfaction outside of just a relationship. And that doesn't just go for men either. That goes for women too. That, like, I've I'm, said those things to female friends of mine yeah. who are obsessed with like, cannot be single for a fucking second. I'm like, yeah. you need a hobby, my friend. <laughs> like, yeah. yes. However, if you're going to be Mr. Mac Daddy, pickup artist, whatever, it's not really a good idea to hate the person you're trying to pick up. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> hating people just a little bit is good. Like, I hate all my followers on Twitter just enough that I'm not going to lie to them or pander to them, <laughs> which That's is, I, I think, is a good mental model as well. Um, because you see too much of this and i think this is kind of what happened with tim pool is where you know you don't hate your audience enough and eventually they just completely pull you in one direction and you're completely bought in and you can't change cannot i cannot stand him <laughs> no, that, I, i'm so glad that you're with me on that because i cannot fucking stand that guy <laughs> i i what we, oh, let me see if i could find it his voice just hearing his voice lately is like ah because he's like, again, and he's something, and I think people are going to probably get like a little bit annoyed, um, ones in our circle, because uh, I love this person, but he does it a little bit too. Dave Smith, there's a little bit of this, uh, I know a good amount of my subscribers, followers, listeners are Christians, so like, let me start, I'm not going to say that I'm a Christian, but like, all of these values, and da -da -da, it's like, shut the fuck up, dude, be, the f be what you are, like, Stand on your beliefs. If you're not Christian, don't pretend to be fucking Christian just because you know it'll make your audience happy. I fucking hate Tim Pool's the worst at that type of shit. Being uh, completely uh, a pandery. Yeah. I'm and a pussy. And wrong about a lot of things. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I want to find a video. Yeah, no. The problem with Tim Pool is like I said. He's too high on his own supply, is what I'm basically He's completely. He's completely. Audience captured, complete and total captured by his audience. Where is one hundred percent video? When uh, I think Scott I, Horton was on there, if you had read the fucking live chat and or the comments on that video now, as a libertarian, as someone who loves Scott Horton like you are and I am, you will be filled with so much rage because the shit that they say is like I'm like how uh, we are not living in the same world. I had to make a YouTube you could, short of uh scott calling them china hawks that was probably that was beautiful oh my god i i it still makes me smile when i watch it <laughs> you guys are such china hawks here i someone literally tagged me on twitter and was like oh my god scott just called them china hawks and i was like because oh well, like I when angela was on what the fuck was hey speak of the devil here here Glenn Lawrence, Meredith, make sure you go follow Glenn. He was on Hi, Glenn, I will follow ago. you after this. I don't I, I know your name. I just can't put it anywhere in my head. You, but you're when really Angela like was him. on, yeah. yeah. When Angela was on, she was talking about I forget, like abolishing NASA or some something to yeah. that effect. And Ian, who usually I feel like has some moderately good takes, but Ian and Tim were immediately like, Oh, it was Antarctica. Well, what is yeah. China? Just colonizing <laughs> Antarctica. And it's like, I, yeah. what the fuck? Are you, like, why I, is everything about China? I, I think we have a probably mutual love for Angela. I, I, she's an absolutely wonderful Angela. person. One of my lovely friends. 
but I feel bad because she gets uh, she gets completely treated like shit by them when she goes on there. And like I get it, it's a good platform for her to like talk about the Libertarian Party and all I that. I think she holds her own though. She does, but like they just fucking talk so far down to her. Like this is your guest. You invited them on. Like treat them at least a cunt hair decently, you know. Like don't talk down to them the entire <laughs> I love time. When people yeah. That. Oh my god, I I can't stand that shit. I I was trying to find the video of Tim, uh, having a meltdown over the uh the <laughs> the uh certain medical treatment stuff. Let me see if I could. Oh, find did, this. well. So I mean, I will say like when when he had Clint and Dave on around the time of that alleged like Osama bin Laden letter. Uh, oh my god place. and he literally sounded and, like a fucking boomer it was so bad i know and i was like dude like it's the first time i've seen him like give that level of pushback to dave and clint so i was like okay yeah. like it's not just angela that gets it mm -hmm. yeah i mean like that right there i'm like okay he's completely captured by fucking like boomer right and he was it so like he was like my point is they didn't read it and it's like Tim, you don't think that a person who's a lefty can look past, uh, selectively look past a line about gay people when it's a five-page letter about a bunch of other shit? Do you know what Karl Marx said about gay people and there's still, like, gay trans communists out there? Get over yourself and move on. It was such a weird, like, hill to die on. And that's what he's an intellectual weakling. He yeah. has no backbone or spine. He's obsessed with himself, like... He talks about himself more than like he's you're the host, dude. Oh, where I can't hear whatever's it? happening. No, I'm trying to find the specific part where he fucking loses his mind, and then I'll we'll have to wrap on this. Where is it? Okay, hold on. I will do the share screen, and then maybe we'll uh, kind of wrap on this. And I got one question to ask you before we get it. Okay. Right. Can you hear that? COVID and the lockdowns. Yeah. Donald Trump said 15 days to slow the spread. And we were all, not every, yeah. what happened four years ago, now that we have hindsight, yeah. like Ron was correct. No, Trump was correct. No, Ron, years. Yeah. Can, can we arrest that Fauci? Can we please arrest Fauci? That matters. All I'm trying to say is that, you know, people have their opinions, very strong opinions about COVID. I'm, you know, the biggest Trump supporter so there is, and I never took the vaccine, never got boosted, never will. I'm, an, I'm a proud anti-vaxxer. Anti More <laughs> personal. I'm losing my fucking mind. I feel mind. like I'm moderating you guys a zero hedge shut the debate. Fuck up. Yeah, dude. Shut this is what I felt up. like yeah. at the zero hedge debate, dude, by the way. Holy fucking shit. This Thank God. Beautiful. One of the greatest. That is probably the greatest. That's what that was about? Pass. Yeah, it was literally over Trump and the vaccine stuff. Oh, my God. I saw that and I was just like, I didn't know what it was about. I was like, that's kind of funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's actually a decent show. Uh, but yeah, that moment, it, it's so funny because like, it almost came out of nowhere. Like he kept saying, I don't want to talk about it. And then he just fucking tweet. Dude, Loomer, so she, she looks like a completely different person from the, I, I found out about Loomer back in like 2017. She looks totally different. Yeah. I mean, she also had her face. Uh, well, yeah, she has I mean, a lot of plastic surgery, but I actually kind of liked her makeup. She's there. 29. She's like my age. Dude, she's six years younger than me. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So I'll be thirty in November. Yeah. She. I'm pretty sure she's like a year or two older than me, and like she's getting. She all looked older than me done. when she was 23, and I don't usually like to say that about people. Yeah. I don't like to make fun of people's looks, but like. She looked rough. God said she. She looked rough. And sometimes when you get a lot of plastic surgery, it ages you as well. 
No. Okay, sorry, I want to read this comment. <laughs> JC, I do not hate you. I hate all my audience, Hi, all my JC. followers. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everybody. I, I just hate everybody just a little bit, just enough so that way I don't pander to you guys and tell you the absolute truth. All right. So, a couple questions to end the show on. Meredith, is everything going to be fine? With what? Yes. There you go. I'm optimistic because I have to be. Otherwise, Man. I will I will be a MGTOW if I am not optimistic. Yeah, Meredith I, going her their own way. <laughs> it actually kind of works. I didn't even think about that. Um it's uh I, I I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about political stuff. I'm going to be talking about foreign policy tomorrow because I have Liam Cosgrove on. But like, um, oh, nice. I don't know. Like, I get so tired of the political stuff sometimes, specifically when people want to talk about like Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It's like, what what is there left to say? And like, I think this is kind of why I read. <laughs> what is there left to say? Exactly? Yeah, well, well, like this is kind of why Reed said he was like done with podcasting. He's like, yeah. I, I just have like nothing left to say. Like I already said pretty much all there is to say about everything already. And like, there's nothing to get excited about. I already know what the right's going to say. I know what the left's going to say. Everything's so predictable. And like, what, what good is me owning the libs going to do? I bitch about right wingers because like these are the people that are going to hear me and the people that I care about and like me giving them a little bit more information might help them look at things in a little bit of a different way. But like, what is, I, I just don't see like a huge use for braiding the political topics any more than absolutely necessary. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah. What is there left to say? I mean, We'll see if they even let Trump uh, run. Mm. So I, I, I think it's going to be, I think Trump wins. I, if you asked me a year I ago, think so I too. Said, yeah. And I almost want to say to these liberal liberals or anti-Trump people, it's like, Hey, if he wins this time, he can't run again. Like you guys got everything you wanted. All your institutions made more money. They got more donations. He still instituted locked. Well, he didn't institute lockdowns, but lockdowns still happened. You guys got everything and you wanted. And then we'll get money again. Yeah. I, you, you know. Everything will go your way, either which way. Either you're going to have Joe Biden in the White House or Donald Trump. And, you know, the between you I and me. Biden makes it. I think he will. I think everyone's yeah. like, if Bill O'Reilly is saying that Gavin Newsom or Michelle Obama are going to run, then it's going to be Joe Biden. <laughs> if if yeah, Bill O'Reilly's saying it, it's it's bullshit by now. Michelle, so. I mean, because I will say, like, Michelle Obama runs, she's going to win. Like, she will. Yeah. Like, people love that woman. Well, so one thing that I thought was interesting is actually Ron DeSantis smoked. And when I say smoked, I mean, like, he cooked Donald Trump. I think he had more than twice the amount of votes from Gen Z in uh, the, what was it, the Iowa caucus or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he cooked um, Trump in, like, the younger voters, which is really <laughs> interesting. So I, I think we're going to see for 2028, I think things are going to look a lot different in a way that we're not quite ready to see because like a lot of the boomers are going to be retiring well, a lot more than we're going to be retiring dead. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see how like these next couple of years play out because not only with birth rates declining, there, there's so many different factors. They're kind of like funneling all into the U S and I have no idea what it's going to look like, but I'm actually kind of excited for the future. And like, look, I'm still going to be doing this podcast. 
I'm probably still going to be fixing cars, regrettably. I'm still going to be lifting weights, and I'm still going to be playing heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, I realized a long time ago that the more I was obsessively following politics, the more depressed I was on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And it's not because, like, oh, shit's bad or anything like that. It was just because, like, the negativity of, like, fighting. It's just, like, I do enough of that in my work. Like, I don't need to bring more, like, conflict into my life. And right. that's why I'm, like whatever dude libertarian i'll do my shit for the libertarian party because i believe that's a good cause but other than that like all i can do i just laugh like Lock me out. it's funny yeah all right we've been going for about 90 minutes i thought it would go this way and i'm very very happy it did this is a fantastic show meredith your honor where can everybody find you uh that's my twitter handle right there um I am the Region 4 representative for the Libertarian uh, National Committee and also in charge of coordinating volunteers for our national convention in D.C. Uh, If you would like to volunteer, pick me up. You get to spend time with me. It should be all you need to do it. Um, But, yeah, uh, I have to do that because my my boyfriend is in charge of planning the convention, and uh, he would be – I would be remiss if I did not make a plug for that. No, oh, well, maybe I'll have to. Uh, st- maybe I'll be driving down to DC. That's in March, isn't it? No, it's in uh, May. Oh, okay. Do you know what day exactly? I think it's Memorial Day weekend. I want to say like twenty third to twenty fifth, something. Right okay. All right. Glenn Lawrence is running for president of the Manosphere, which is a uh, a little bit of an inside baseball joke, but uh, I I, uh, I endorse Glenn Lawrence for president of the Manosphere. All right, everybody. Uh, Meredith, you know anything else? Yes. <laughs> we will close her out. Bye. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. And until next time. Oh, tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. with uh, Liam Cosgrove. We'll be talking about foreign policy. Make sure you go check out A Common Crown Cry. And until next time, everybody, take care. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.